freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, one and all. You are listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. This show is live every Sunday from 5 to 7 p.m. East Coast time. Today is Sunday, December 4th, December 4th 2011. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. The network's website, oraclebroadcasting.com. And we have a fantastic show lined up for you here today because we are going to be interviewing two very special guests, Jan Irvin of GnosticMedia.com and TriviumEducation.com will be joining us uh, for the entire two hours today. And we are going to be joined in the second hour by Bob Tuscan, another host right here on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. And uh, Bob Tuscan's site is BobTuscan.com, of course. He's going to be joining us in hour number two. So we got a, a packed show coming up here for you today on what on earth is happening. Uh, before we get to our guests in the next next segment, I want to read a couple of quick event announcements and give the call-in number because we will be taking your calls uh, toward the uh, the later part of the second hour of the show today. So if you want to call in and get in the queue, uh, that would be a good idea to do to uh, so that we can take your calls later on. So um, the networking social for Truth, Freedom, Prosperity is coming up here in Philadelphia. Truth, Freedom, Prosperity, of course, a great activist group that I work with here in Philadelphia, and they have their year and networking social every year. This year it's going to be uh, this coming Friday, December 9th, 2011 at 7 o'clock p.m. at Media Bureau Studios where we have the free uh, documentary uh, screening and discussion evening uh, on the last Wednesdays of every month. Media Bureau, of course, is at the corner of 4th and Brown Streets here in Philadelphia in the Northern Liberty section. So come on out to Truth, Freedom, Prosperity's year-end networking social and meet a lot of great freedom-minded activists. 
Davis in the Philadelphia area. Um, for more information on this group, visit their website at truthfreedomprosperity.org. Now, um, we just had, as I said, the documentary night this past Wednesday, and it was the most successful one that we've had at Media Bureau thus far. Just uh, a packed house, standing room only. It was great to see so many new faces out, and I hope that trend continues as people continue to wake up. One other very brief announcement. Uh, people will notice some very slight uh, user interface changes to the What on Earth is Happening website. Uh, I upgraded the content management system this week and I had to make a new template for the site. I tried to make it as similar as possible, but I added a couple of uh, visual enhancements, just uh, very subtle changes, so there shouldn't be any fun functionality changes. But uh, if anyone does notice any problems or difficulties, please send me an email and let me know. So that's all the event announcements I have. We're going to be coming back up after this break with our very special guest, Jan Irvin from Gnostic Media and Trivium Education. Don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to be a show you do not want to miss. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Oracle Broadcasting. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. The call-in number for the show, I think I neglected to give it out in the last segment, is 866-841-1065. Once again, the call-in number, 866-841-1065. We'll be taking your calls in the second hour of the show tonight. I'm getting ready to bring on our special guest. So here we go. Jan Irvin is the host of the popular Gnostic Media Podcast, a show that focuses on utilizing the classical seven liberal arts of the trivium and quadrivium, bringing together leading independent and academic researchers to discuss ancient mysteries, education, politics, economics, and much more. Jan's websites are GnosticMedia.com and TriviumEducation.com. Welcome to What on Earth is Happening, Mr. Jan Irvin. Hi, Mark. Thanks, and uh, glad to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, uh, you've been a big influence for me, and your work with the Trivium uh, really stands out amongst uh, people who research this important topic. So uh, why don't we start by uh, having you... Um, Tell the listeners a little bit about your background and uh, how you learned about the Trivium Method and its vital importance uh, in a real education. Well, let's see. My background a little bit. I got into <clears throat> researching all of this. I suppose originally I got into it through working with Jack Herr and the California Hemp Initiative back in the early 90s. And uh, we worked on Prop 215 for medical marijuana that um, helped to, uh, you know, uh, legalize medical marijuana here in California and now across a third of the country. And Jack Harris, who led me into researching entheogens and psychedelics, or, or psychedelics as they're commonly called. And in 2000, December 2005, I pu published my first book, Astrotheology and Shamanism, followed up with a DVD, The Pharmacratic Inquisition, in 2007. And then my book, The Holy Mushroom, Evidence of Mushrooms in Judeo-Christianity in 2008. 
Uh, I got into researching the Trivium because in, in uh, October 2008, I launched the Gnostic Media Podcast, which was something that was sitting around uh, and an idea that I had been working toward for a, about a year before I actually launched the show. And it was at my first year anniversary of the show was when I first had Gino Denning on, who was my or is my mentor in the trivium and brought that information to me and because of my research in my book astrotheology and shamanism and all of the reoccurring sevens that uh that kept coming up in that research the seven ancient planets the seven chakras um the seven stars of the pleiades <coughs> excuse me all of these sevens kept coming up including the seven liberal arts but I couldn't quite figure out at the time how to approach the topic for that book. So uh, when, when Gino Denning approached me, he had sent me an, an email with a long description of what the Trivium was and, and all of this stuff and sort of baited me with it to see if I would show interest and follow up with him, which as soon as I saw his email and started going through it, it was one of those epiphany moments of, aha, this is what I've been looking for and how to connect it all. So <clears throat> I immediately emailed Gino Denning back and said and asked him if he would be able to pre present this information on my show, which, of course, he replied and said that he would be, which is now the famous uh, Gino Denning Trivium, Quadrivium, and Kabbalah series on the Gnostic Media Podcast, episodes 49, 50, and 51 that have really become the backbone of everything that we do at Gnostic Media and for that matter at the Tragedy and Hope uh, website which is uh, Richard Andrew Groves and he runs the Peace Revolution podcast which you know we all contribute to so all of these things all of these projects that we've since taken up all incorporate the Trivium and Quadrivium because it is uh, the foundation of of gathering knowledge and understanding information, removing the contradictions before you pass that information on to others. So obviously this is essential to making sure that we're passing on clear and cogent information to others before or so that we don't infect our downline and uh, we think that that is essential because so much of the media and information being distributed out there is is awash in misinformation and disinformation and just with things that people get on a ideas that people get on a whim or that they channel without ever fact checking anything and so we're trying to get people back to the core of verifying information before they pass it on to others sort of a a mental antivirus system because bad information when you pass that on it's the same as passing on a virus and you waste everyone's uh, time in your downline from there. So uh, we feel that it's essential to help people or empower people with the proper tools so that they can get through all of the nonsense out there in life that's being thrown at them, all of the disinformation, and be able to sort of uh, find their way to, through to, you know, and the trivium being the lighthouse sort of in the darkness there. 
Uh, that's a great point, Jan. And uh, I think one of the most important things to keep in mind is when you talk about uh, removing the contradictions from information before passing it along, that's so important. One of the best definitions for truth that I've ever heard anyone give is truth when taken into oneself is that which can do no harm. So that's really what you're attempting to do with the trivium method, uh, get people to basically uh, uh, boil information down to its core essence so that we can get at what is actually true, remove the fallacies from that information, and then in passing it along, when other people take it into themselves, they can do no harm with that information. They can only generate order and good with that information. Exactly. And, uh, go ahead. Yes, no, go ahead. Oh, I was, I wasn't sure if you wanted me to add something to that, but yeah, you're exactly, you're exactly right on that. Uh, the trivium logic or grammar logic and rhetoric and in fact if people go to the triviumeducation.com website they can see the trivium logo there which is sort of a triangle with con- uh, with truth in the in the middle surrounded by consciousness and what the christians did and if you look at old uh, uh, christian artwork and things like that they'll take the trivium and the three points grammar logic and rhetoric and what they'll do is they'll put god in the middle rather than truth but we think that this really usurps the power of the trivium because rather than looking for truth in and of itself, you have to put your dogma, uh, your religious dogma, before truth. So by putting truth there, we are looking for truth no matter what our predisposed dogmatic beliefs are, and uh, so which it forces us to or allows us to be able to question the veracity of certain things, of religious beliefs and things like that, whereas if we put God or deuce in the middle, whatever it may be, that prevents us from doing so because we think, ah, okay, well, I arrived at God, and here's this Bible that tells me what to think from here, so that's the end of my search. And by, <clears throat> by putting truth in the middle, truth becomes the ultimate search rather than some predisposed religious belief. I couldn't agree more, and I think that's a great point. So uh, we, here's the uh, intro music for the next break. Stay with us. We'll be right back after these words with our special guest, Jan Irvin, and our topic, Trivium Education. Don't go anywhere, folks. You are listening to What on Earth is Happening. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Mark Passio, and this is What on Earth is Happening here on Oracle Broadcasting. Our special guest today is Jan Irvin of GnosticMedia.com and TriviumEducation.com. We're talking today with Jan about the Trivium as part of our ongoing look into solutions. That's what this is all about, ladies and gentlemen. Solutions-oriented approaches. How do we need to shift our focus when it comes to teaching ourselves, when it comes to true learning and a true classical education that is different from the indoctrination system that we've been given as part of the public school system here in the Western world, and in fact, throughout the world for that matter. So, 
Um, Jan, you were one of the great speakers at the Free Your Mind Conference back in a- April. You spoke on Sunday, uh, the second day of the Free Your Mind Conference, and you gave a presentation there which absolutely blew a lot of people away. It was called the Trivium Meme. I thought it was one of the hardest-hitting presentations at the Free Your Mind Conference. Can you tell the uh, listeners a little bit about what that presentation was about? Well, it's it's it was really a <clears throat> excuse me. It was really about the trivium itself, and just trying to give people an understanding of gathering knowledge and information, and understanding how mind control systems work, and using the trivium as a method to see through those mind control systems and properly process information. We're trying to teach people how to install a system into their own minds that properly protects them from bad information. Like you mentioned, the the logical fallacies, being able to spot the fallacies and things like that. Unfortunately, we didn't have the time to go into some of the logical fallacies during that lecture, but it was really just, you know, uh, a foundational uh, uh, understanding of the trivium in, in as short and quick a time as as we could possibly give it. And I apologize for stuttering so much for those of you who've managed to sit through the video on that. Oh, no, I think it is a a fantastic presentation. And I think everybody should definitely check that presentation out. If you have not seen it already, you can go to freeyourmindconference.com. Click on Jan Irvin's name under the speaker list and watch the entire uh, video for free. Uh, It's uh, posted up to YouTube as well. And, uh, right. The, and it's the, it's also on uh, the Gnostic Media page under videos or under Trivium Study if uh, people can get there quickly as well. Great. All of the videos on the Free Your Mind conference have been posted and are, are free for uh, everyone's uh, uh, viewing and downloading. Uh, if you haven't checked that site out, uh, be sure to do so. Uh, Jan Irvin, once again, one of the great speakers at that conference. Let's talk a little bit about logical fallacies, Jan. Um I'd like to talk about the word fallacy itself for people who may not know the etymology of the word. It derives from a Latin word, uh, follow, a verb, follow, F-A-L-L-O, fallere. And this word means in Latin, the meaning of the word is to deceive. Yeah, to deceive or to lie, correct. That's right. This gives a whole new meaning to the term fall of man. You know, people think of the fall of man as some sort of a degradation that happened to man's nature, quote unquote. But uh, if we look at it in this way, maybe it's a grand deception that has been pulled over his eyes. It's the deception of man. And well, it's interesting that you should say that in... And I, in fact, I heard you in your last week's show mention my comment to you about the uh, fall of man with the tree of knowledge. So before we get into the fallacies, would you like me to read to the audience what I read to you last week? Absolutely. Go right ahead. All right. Studying the Kabbalah, it's interesting that the tree, when fallen knowledge first, which is the da'at position, is not seen. This is absolutely the state of affairs uh, today. Logic before grammar, understanding before knowledge. What can, possi- what can one possibly understand before they know what they're attempting to understand? Who, what, where, when equals knowledge. Logic is understanding. It answers why, but only after knowledge. Then we gain clarity and wisdom in our rhetoric. The tree of knowledge is the tree of life, is the Kabbalistic tree. And this is coming from page 161 in Daniel Feldman's book on the Kabbalah. The Sephirot 
knowledge first is always there, but in a fallen state, we do not see it. And then continuing on from me, so if mankind has fallen, his position of knowledge first, the Da'at position, has fallen to earth. Therefore, it has fallen out of use. Man has fallen out of knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Therefore, he cannot see the quote-unquote kingdom. Is it not irony? Oh, wait, you know, and this is something that, uh, you know, it is said that the Kabbalah, you don't start studying it in Jewish tradition until you're 40 years old. And I put in my notes here that, is it not irony that I've had Feldman's book for two years before I started studying it now that I'm 40 years old? Now, uh, the trivium, quadrivium, and Kabbalah make up a functioning system just as grammar, logic, and rhetoric make up a functioning system within the trivium and within the quadrivium mathematics, geometry, music, and astronomy make up a system. Well, so it is with the trivium and quadrivium and Kabbalah together making up another level of the functioning system. So knowledge has fallen from first. It's fallen to the literally the anus position or the foundation, foundation position in the Kabbalah. And on page 101 of Feldman's book, when the Sephira knowledge first position falls and becomes Sephira kingdom, it takes the gate bet one with it which thereby connects the kingdom only to Sephira foundation below, end quote. And a fallen tree has a trunk. <clears throat> In a fallen tree, knowledge first falls to the small face position. Man has fallen out of the garden to earth. He falls from a position of the world of At- Atzaluth in the logic and rhetoric down to the world of the Yetzirah because he is not thinking by asking who, what, where, when first. Knowledge first. So he loses it and he falls. So, you know, in other words, man has the fall, just like you pointed out. So those who put their logic before their grammar are causing the fall, done intentionally to them and their ignorance at that. They have fallen from the tree of knowledge. And then... uh, This gives a whole new take to uh, the concept of being expelled from the garden. Exactly. The original fall of man, right. Exactly, exactly what I'm getting at here. So the trivium and quadrivium and Kabbalah are, are a higher level functioning system, just as grammar, logic, and rhetoric make up the trivium, and arithmetic, geometry, music, and astronomy make up the quadrivium. And uh, let's see. And then uh, what I just a couple of side notes that I put here. When I've finished filling out the tree, I have gained knowledge, understanding of wisdom, which should open up the crown gate. Those who do evil purposely, purposefully use the tree to keep people in the lower levels so that they can manipulate them for personal gain. But this brings the whole of the world down with them. That is the entire role of the occultation of knowledge to begin with. The occult in general is about secrecy, is about keeping secrets, keeping knowledge from people so that they cannot and, develop it into understanding. Right, and, and, and the irony of that is these people that do that, they not only keep those who they wish to control below them, but they keep the whole of humanity, including themselves, from reaching a higher state. Exactly. That's so, exactly right. So in their own ignorance and selfishness, not only are they hurting the rest of us, which is all they and their narrow-minded perception can see, but they're hurting themselves. And that's the 
you know, the pathetic part is they think that they're one-epping, you know, all of us in their own self-gain, but they're literally hurting themselves and everyone else as a whole. Exactly. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, that is exactly what these dark occultists are doing in their short-sightedness. You put it beautifully. We're coming up to another break. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Jan Irvin talking about the trivium and its importance in our lives and how we need to employ it if we're going to turn this great ship of the species of humanity around and put it on the right course. So we'll be right back after these messages. Don't go anywhere more with Jan Irvin coming up after these words. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Oracle Broadcasting. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Our special guest today is Jan Irvin of triviumeducation.com. In the last segment, we were getting into some of the esoteric meanings of the fall of man and how this relates to man being deceived and falling from a place of knowing, a place of having knowledge, and that knowledge being occulted and kept hidden from humanity as a whole. So, uh, Jan, let's get back into what led us into that uh, uh, that brief aside there when we got into some esoteric concepts and the Kabbalah as related with the trivia method. We were really uh, starting to talk about logical fallacies because we brought up the derivation of the word fallacy. So, uh, why don't exactly. you talk a little bit about logical fallacies and how you can apply this technique uh, of spotting lo logical fallacies to actually filter the information that is out there. Well, logical fallacies, as we mentioned previously, is from the Latin fallare, which is to lie or to deceive. So there's roughly, there's probably about 20, 22 main fallacies that uh, are known, but uh, you can, you know, there are lists out there that include maybe 90 up to 200 different fallacies. But uh, because humans are deceptive creatures, there's probably never going to be an end to the new methods of lying to one another that people will come up with. So uh, <clears throat> it, it is important to be able to uh, name the fallacies because um, the having the explicit knowledge of the fallacies enables you to take when somebody's lying to you and having a funny feeling about it to going to having explicit knowledge where you're able to identify the exact type of lie that someone has used against you and you're able to express to someone else that lie and how it was used against you. So and in, in, in effectively when you are able to name each of the fallacies by name and explain what they are, this very act of having them memorized gives you explicit knowledge of, of the many different ways that are typically used to lie to you, or, you know, and, and to other people. So, in other words, the better you get at this explicit knowledge of the fallacies, the better you'll be able to protect yourself and others downstream from you. And not only that, but the fallacies are not just used to catch lies coming in through your five senses from others, but it's also used to filter 
these same lies or fallacies out from your own thoughts before you spread information on to others. So it's equally important in two directions. And uh, so to start off with some of the most common fallacies, uh, most people have heard of an ad hominem fallacy. So like, let's say that, uh, you know, I'm talking about the trivium and somebody comes up and and says, well, Jan, you know, anything that he says can't be true because he's just a, a neo-pinky liberal commie. Instead of dealing with the information I'm presenting, what they'll do is they'll throw attacks at me as a way to divert attention away from the information and rather dealing with the specific information presented, they'll just use these attacks. You know, they'll call somebody uh, uh, homosexual or a Republican or because this person is Christian, they possibly couldn't have anything valid to say or, or somebody just mentioned to me that they love your work be but because uh, you have commercials on your show, there's therefore there's nothing that your show could possibly have of value to present. Uh, you know, so they're using a that would be actually a circumstantial ad hominem against you rather than just going through it and taking out the information that's valid. Uh, an appeal to authority is a very common fallacy where typically somebody believes someone uh, strictly because they have a white coat on, like a doctor or a scientist or somebody who sits behind a desk on, in front of a TV camera and calls themselves a uh, news correspondent or something like that, or a, you know, a politician. It basically, it typically has to do with somebody putting on a funny costume, like a coat or a hat, you know, a police uniform, whatever it may be, and then uh, using that as their position of authority rather than dealing with, with real facts and information. And then you have appeal to belief, which is uh, if you don't do X, uh, God is going to come down and, and punish you. Or most people believe that X is true and therefore you should believe it's true because they do, that sort of thing. Um, Appeal to fear is, uh, if you don't do this, all of these bad things are going to happen if you don't, so therefore you have to do it. Uh, I think Larkin Rose gives a great example of this fallacy in his presentation. You know, the, uh, the, he's, these people, if they don't throw the body into the volcano every year, some, the, the volcano god is going to come and get them. And I know Larkin was on your show uh, a few weeks ago. Yes. And uh, he's been on my show as well, and he always is an excellent presentation. I very highly recommend people get completely familiar with his research and what he's presenting in regards to the myth of government. And then, there, of course, there's appeal to pity, appeal to popularity. You know, if, if you do this, if you buy this car, if you drink this beer, you'll have all the pretty girls. Um, appeal to ridicule. An, an appeal to ridicule is a really funny one it, it, to use an appeal to ridicule. It's, it's really, you're, you, you, let's say you make a, a claim that, uh, and, and you present whatever claim in your evidence, and I say, well, Mark, your claim isn't true because, <laughs> and that's all the evidence that I care to present. I just laugh at you. So this is known as an appeal to ridicule. And it's a very common tactic. You'll see uh, TV news pundits use this sort of thing all the time. A caller will call in with some real information and they'll just, ah, ha, you actually think that this or that or ha, ha, ha. And that's all the, uh, the evidence that, or the, the uh, that's all the backing that they'll use to refute the claim, which, you know, these are just tricks. And uh, begging the question, this is a very common one that Christians like to use. Uh, let's say, 
they're talking about something out of the Bible, and they say, well, I know this is fact because it was written by God. And you say, well, how do you know it was written by God? And they say, well, because it says, it says so right here in the Bible. You can't use the same source that you're reading from as proof of the claim that you're making. And um, there are uh, post hoc fallacies uh, such as a black cat crossed my path last night, and therefore when I tripped over the sidewalk and stubbed my toe today, it was because of the black cat. That's a post hoc fallacy. And uh, there are middle misleading vividness. Uh, another favorite that politicians like to use is the red herring fallacy. And the red herring fallacy comes from the old days when they would teach a hunting dog how to go after a fox. And what they would do is they would, while they were training the dog, they would take a fish or a, a herring and they would drag the fish across the trail of the fox and they would try and get the hound to follow the trail of the fish. So what you're doing is you're, you're laying out an entirely different topic and you're trying to lead that person off the trail of the original topic that they were pursuing onto this completely other unrelated uh, topic. And uh, another similar one in this category is the straw man fallacy. And the straw man, well, a corporation is a straw man, for instance, but what a straw man is, is if I present an argument of something, let's say I present argument XYZ and somebody will take my argument XYZ and they'll tweak it just a little tiny bit to make it look very similar to the undiscerning eye to my argument when in fact what they've done is they've taken key elements of my argument and they've changed them to state their own positions and then they'll attack and debunk those positions that look like mine but aren't and then they'll say, ha ha, see, I refuted this person with this, even though they never refuted the, the real argument in the first place. Uh, another fallacy is two wrongs make a right, which is a common uh, uh, one that people like to use. And I also recommend that people get familiar with the Latin names of the fallacies as well, because having the Latin names under your belt can be very helpful in identifying a lot of these types of arguments. Um, Jan, it, it, sound, it sounds like overall what all of these um, uh, appeals to different uh, sources of misdirection to try to take people off the course of actually looking at the information, what they're all ultimately based upon is fear. The same exactly. thing that creates all negativity in every aspect, of, any aspect of our fear, lives. Fear or emotion in general, you know, because some of these are like, you know, an appeal to popularity isn't necessarily appealing to fear you're you know you're saying hey you know if you do this that hot blonde over there is going to come over here and she's going to take care of you that sort of thing so it's not really all of them aren't necessarily working on fear but they are working on different aspects of human emotion and if the and if those aspects of human emotion aren't understood and in fact a, a an explicit level of understanding placed on top of those emotions uh, regarding the fallacies so that when they come, come up you can identify them. That's how this is used. And so when you lay out the, the Kabbalah tree, you can see how all of these different possibilities are right there. Fascinating, Jan. We're going to continue this on the other side. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on Oracle Broadcasting. Our special guest today, Jan Irvin. We'll be right back with more from Jan Irvin after these words. Don't go anywhere, folks. We'll be right back. Gotta keep my cool. Make them think I'm made of stuff. 
come back. This is what has happened. I'm going to start passing. Our special guest today is Jan Irvin of GnosticMedia.com and TriviumEducation.com. Jan, in the last segment, you gave a great breakdown of some of the illogical fallacies that are employed that the trivium helps us to see through to get to the truth of the matter that we're looking at. So um, I want to talk a little bit about the suppression of this method of uh, education, of becoming a self-taught individual, ultimately is what the goal of the trivium method is. And, um, uh, you know, this has been deliberately removed from the educational system. Uh, I want you to talk about why you feel that's been done and what the implications are in consciousness and in the development. I'm sorry, of, of which part has been done? I missed uh, the trivium, one sentence there. The trivium has been removed uh, completely from the educational system in the okay, modern world. And right. that deliberate suppression, uh, I want you to talk about what you feel the implications are of that for human consciousness in general and the direction that humanity is moving in the future uh, since we now have outcome-based education system. Uh, you mean you mean since the fall out of the garden and down the tree of knowledge? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, the implications of of the loss of the trivium in education and everything are so huge. It's it's inestimable, really. Um, the the cost of all of this on humanity and all of our well being and welfare. Uh, right now in the present, it it affects everything from the mod- the current state of affairs with politics and marketing and our commercial television and radio, and it affects uh, the law systems and all of these things that these politicians push through to uh, manipulate us and control us, and it and it affects how people are willing to assign their autonomy over to some criminal politician, all for some vote as an illusion to uh, freedom. And uh, rather than realizing that it's their vote that gives the consent to these criminals in the first place. And, I mean, it it, it affects people at the core level because even uh, bachelor's and master's degree students today that graduate from so-called liberal arts educations don't have the true classical uh, trivium and quadrivium of the seven liberal arts, and they still don't have the traditional means of uh, critical thinking. So uh, hold on just a second, please. Sure. Uh, it, you know, it, it, the, it, it has a, a method in, as far as uh, just, um, it, you know, it's just breaking down people's ability to think, to interact with each other properly, to be autonomous, self-sustaining individuals and, um, you know, take care of ourselves and our own lives and not give our, our autonomy over to other people, as uh, Larkin, again, so poignantly uh, points out. And it, 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 
It uh, affects us on a nutritional and dietary level because we believe and buy into whatever they they tell us on the mainstream media and the commercials and things like that when uh, this information couldn't be further from the truth. You know, they want you to believe that, that animal fats and cholesterol are bad for you and that everyone should be a vegetarian. And meanwhile, the brain is made out of cholesterol. And if you don't have animal fats, you can't reproduce. And when you plug in all of these population control and eugenic stuff, all of that plays right into this stuff. And I know that's going to upset a lot of your listeners significantly. So I do recommend people go on my side and listen to the the two recent shows I did with uh, Dr. Glidden and Dr. Wallach, uh, just for instance, on uh, those topics. And uh, so there's really no aspect that the trivium and quadrivium don't apply to people's lives and to be able to think clearly and critically with the information coming in via the five senses and quickly determine the proper course of action before leaping to an action without having an understanding of the proper action that you need to take before you make that first step. It helps us to engage our responsibility. That's ultimately what the trivium does. It enables us to be prepared for whatever scenario comes our way. So uh, great, great uh, response there. I want to ask you about your take on homeschooling and if uh, what steps parents can take to ensure that their children will grow up with the trivium method in hand. Uh, is homeschooling a must for that to happen? Well, Homeschooling is not a must. It's certainly helpful. And in elementary school, the most important thing is for children to do mimetic learning in the first place. And so, you know, they're not going to do too much damage to the children at the younger ages. It's when they get into junior high and high school that the real damage is done when the kids really get frustrated with, uh, you know, with math and things like that and not having a, a, firm understanding of, of where or why things are being taught. And I've heard so many times, you know, kids say, you know, mathematics that's taught in high school and the like that they would never have any use for it in real life. And what would they ever possibly use it for? And this is simply because they don't understand because it's not in, taught in the context of the trivium of being able to walk outside into nature and see how leaves and plants and animals and everything out there is based on the Fibonacci sequence and the golden ratio and all of this stuff. Um, so, you know, as far as uh, the education system and everything, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's, well, I don't really know how to conclude there. I kind of lost my train of thought right there. <laughs> well, the, the basic question was, uh, how, what role will homeschooling play? Oh, in, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and in, so, you know, homeschoolers, you know, it, it is, and I recommend, especially for people that can't handle the workload of it, to f seek and find out. Uh, homeschool groups so that you're working with other groups of like-minded individuals that are trying to uh, teach their children this information. But And on top of all of that, there isn't really a, a good solid book out there right now to teach the trivium to, to children. There are a couple of, uh, of Christian versions. Uh, Harvey Bluedorn has a uh, a version of the trivium, a Christian version of the trivium out there. Uh, there's a Diane Lockyer or something like that as a trivium book out there to teach the, the children trivium. But these uh, are very Christian slanted and they tell the audience to omit specific researches and the like uh, in their 
teaching the trivium to children, which I completely disagree with. You don't limit and omit information because obviously by doing that very act shows that you have an agenda to protect. But nevertheless, these sources out there do have valid information in it, and you do not want to kill the, the, the messengers. So what you need to do is when you study these sources, you turn on your Trivium filter, and you just spot those fallacies when they use them in those agendas and navigate around them so that you can get the value uh, out of those teachings. And, you know, uh, uh, Harvey Blue Dorn is probably the leader, publicly speaking right now, teaching the Trivium to children, Whereas we focus more on teaching it to to adults, which has been omitted uh, from the, you know, from the education system, for all of us. So there there's a gap out there still that needs to be filled in both. And even the like uh, the book The Trivium by Sister Miriam Joseph that's at, been around since the 1930s. She was a Catholic nun, and that book ha- is filled with her own uh, agenda and things like that. So. All of this stuff has to be taken into an account, and hopefully, you know, sometime in the next decade, we'll begin to see books coming out that provide the real trivium without any agenda, just laying out the facts and the truth without anyone's personal agendas caught up in there. And and so far to date, as far as I know, for the last 2,500 years since the trivium was created, there hasn't been one. Interesting. So I, I do want to get your take on some resources that people can get into to learn more about the Trivium. We'll talk about that a little bit more in the second hour. Um, what we are going to do uh, now is uh, get ready to bring Bob Tuscan onto the show. He's going to be coming up in the second hour. Bob Tuscan, of course, one of the great hosts here on Oracle Broadcasting. His website is bobtuscan.com. And we're going to bring him on to join the conversation with Jan and myself to continue to talk about the trivium and how we can employ these methods to really regain control over our thoughts as a whole so that we can once again take ourselves onto the right course as an entire species and get out of the the mess in consciousness that we have put ourselves into through this fall from a higher level of knowledge. You're not going to want to miss that, ladies and gentlemen, and also coming up in the second hour, we'll be taking your calls. That's coming up ahead. We'll be right back after these messages with Bob Tuscan. Welcome back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening. Today is Sunday, December 4th, 2011. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. The call-in number for the show today is 866-841-1065. Once again, 866-841-1065. Call in, get in the queue to talk to one of our great guests today, Jan Irvin and Bob Tuscan. I'm about to bring Bob up on the air in this segment. Bob Tuscan is an eternal student of economics, science, and the arts, an organic gardener, 
an activist, and an Oracle Broadcasting Radio show host with strong solutions-based appro- with a strong solutions-based approach. With the skills of the Trivium firmly in hand, with Bob Tuscan, you can be sure that the truth will be told. Bob Tuscan's website is, of course, bobtuscan.com. He has a great show here on Oracle Broadcasting every weeknight from 8 to 10 p.m. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Mr. Bob Tuscan. Oh, thank you. What a warm round of applause from the audience. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Bob, I can't imagine anyone who doesn't love you. Well, you know, you have to have a sense of humor. And some people don't get that. Uh, Jan, I, I posted that video about the guy who says he eats toothpaste when I was talking about fluoride in the trivium room. Because I think uh, part of uh, understanding what's going on is being able to have a sense of humor and take things in context. That's an important uh, skill uh, amongst uh, the, the many skills brought forth uh, from the trivium is just merely taking something in context. You don't know how many times people, for whatever reason, want to take something out of context. I, I think I just came up with a new fallacy. I'm sure there already is one, but it's a taken out of context fallacy. Yeah, what's the name for that? What's the Latin well, for that? Wouldn't that be uh, sort of a straw man? Yeah, and I guess in a way it is. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, so, you know, there's so many different uh, takes on, on this trivium stuff, but I'm sure glad that people are starting to use this as a prerequisite to seeing all the other information that's provided. Yeah, it, from isn't, the it, isn't it fascinating to watch it take root in all of the uh, quote-unquote truth movements? I mean, uh, with armed with the trivium, the truth movement could actually become the truth movement. Exactly right. The, the true truth movement, absolutely. So, you know, it's interesting, Jan, how we've seen this uh, really start to uh, become the prerequisite, but we did it backwards. We first woke up, and I'm doing air quotes here, whatever that means, and then we started to realize how we have to learn that, how we have to learn to learn. You know, we, in other words, how we can implement the seven liberal arts to understanding right, right. What, yeah. Uh, you know, and basically what happened is a few people managed to uh, climb up through the Kabbalah tree of knowledge and, and wake up their crown chakra, typically with psychedelics and the like, but without having a firm understanding of how to learn of the trivium, grammar, uh, you know, grammar, logic, and rhetoric, and then the quadrivium, people uh, become very susceptible to being controlled while they're in that state, which is what we saw yeah. exactly with the psychedelic movement of the 60s being usurped. And in fact, you find out later that uh, guys like Gordon Wasson, the so-called discoverer of magic mushrooms who worked for J.P. Morgan Bank, ended up being a, you know, a chairman to the Council on Foreign Relations and stuff like this. So, I mean, you know, today we can look back now with the knowledge of the trivium and see how prior movements were usurped and see how uh, the, the big bands of the 60s were, were almost entirely uh, the sons and daughters of U.S. intelligence officers and things like this and move forward hopefully this time with a real bearing and a real direction of, of where to go and how to deal with this mess. Well, that's the break music, and we'll continue this great discussion on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Oracle Broadcasting with my two special guests, Jan Irvin and Bob Tuscan. We'll be right back after these messages. Don't go anywhere.
Welcome back, folks. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Today we have on the program Jan Irvin of GnosticMedia.com and TriviumEducation.com, along with Bob Tuscan, who has just joined us. Bob, I want to ask you, what, um, how were you exposed to the Trivium? And, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about the role that it, it's played in your life so far. Well, I'm a student of philosophy, and as far as the, you know, the indoctrination camps and public education systems, and uh, it's never really jived with me that I have to just, you know, accept the, the answers that the teachers want and regurgitate that to them. Uh, Erica Goldson gave a talk as valedictorian of her high school, which went viral on the Internet. And I had watched that, and it really uh, resonated with me and, and made me realize that me not uh, doing well in high school and the traditional indoctrination camps had no real reflection on uh, being able to be a good critical thinker and be able to, to being able to think for myself and not just to assume something as truth. So I've always had kind of uh, as a background this notion that it's very important to entertain a thought without accepting it nor negating it. Okay. So listening to Coast to Coast AM at uh, 10 years old, I'm a fairly young guy, as many of your listeners know, Mark, I was able to entertain, you know, some of the kooks and some of the, you know, the other stuff um, and, uh, you know, the aliens or whatever was, I, I was able to consider these things and accept it as truth or, excuse me, accept it as information, build, build have those building blocks of, of grammar um, and be able to consider it, not necessarily accept it as truth, but uh, at the same time, uh, not negate it altogether and see where it fits in, in, as a puzzle piece, if you will. So it's been very important to me to A, have an open mind, and then B, have a critical mind and to be able to see through the lies. So after doing my show for a while, I, I ran into Jan, and uh, Jan and I started to talk about the, the Trivium. He showed me the, the interview at the time that was fairly brand new with Gino Denning and uh, came and, on my and show. And Bob and I have... Bob, you and I have done a number of, I think you and I had already done a number of shows before that point together too, hadn't we? Yeah, we, we had done some shows before that, but then we, we kicked it into gear and decided that this was something uh, essential to share with my listeners. I was lucky enough to get to talk with Gino Denning and, and do a show with him. Uh, and it just, it, you know, it makes sense at the end of the day that, yeah, we, we are awake, if you will. But what we're awake to, we need to be discerning uh, uh, about, you know, we, we need to not just accept something as truth. There's so much disinformation out there that, unfortunately, uh, if, if you're not alert, if you're not equipped with the trivium, you're going to be taken advantage of one way or the other. So that, that's why I started to implement this, to make myself a better thinker, to, bring, to, to lend more credence to, to my shows and, and to my guests and, and the topics we talk about, uh, but all the while still continue to keep an open mind. And, and that's kind of where I'm at right now is, you know, I might not agree with all the guests that I have on my show, but I'm able to consider that. You know, if we, if we shut our minds, if we say, if we go into our reality tunnels, as uh, the, the great uh, writer um, uh, from the Cosmic Trigger and other books, Robert Anton Wilson, 
puts it, you know, if we get if we close off that reality tunnel to any other information and grammar, the building blocks, the first stage in the trivium, uh, then we're we're not able to process it and make any sense of it. And then the third stage, of course, is rhetoric. And that's something that I've always done. I, I've always naturally been an activist in a sense and taken what I found to be truth uh, and be able to act on that and show the wisdom. And that's why my show is so solution-oriented, I feel, is because of that third stage. You know, yes, we can become aware of all these different problems, but at the end of the day, uh, what we can do about it is, in my opinion, more important uh, and therefore, we need to act in this third stage of rhetoric, if you will, with the proper wisdom to handle all of the, the, the you know, to put in place uh, the things that have checked as truth or not truth after it goes through the process, going through the, the you know, building blocks and then the, the, the logic uh, stage. Once we get all those things together, we have to know what to act on and what not to act on. We have to decide, well, that's a relevant thing to deal with that ranks here therefore we need to put this initiative into action uh, does that make any sense absolutely and it really highlights uh, your entire process here that you've laid out highlights something that I talked about at the end of uh, last week's show when I showed a picture of the human brain uh, with the left and right hemispheres of the neocortex and explain sort of the uh, process that that we go through when we're engaging in the process of the trivium when we take in the information at first, we have to be open-minded. That's a right-brained process. You have to take the information in from well, an Well, let me, let me interrupt yes. you very sure. quick there, Mark. You actually, you should be critically minded, not just open-minded, because open-minded, you can allow yourself to be infected with things, but being critically minded, sure. you're using the filter of the trivium and blocking the fallacy fallacies and junk from coming in, but still allowing the valid information coming in and you're not dismissing things without studying them first. Sure. Well, what Bob was saying is like, you know, when he would listen to Coast, he would be able to remain open to some of the possibilities of the of these concepts, but then he would apply the logical uh, uh, reasoning methods to them and then remove fallacies from them to be able to determine what's right. true and what should be acted upon. That's a left brain. I, I, just, I just wanted to make a distinction between being just generally a lot of people sell the idea of open mind of accepting we, as accepting right, everything right right so we, you know we need to be i think we need to have a distinction and not just say open minded because open minded i think of a lot of uh you know people in the new age movement yes. that just kind of accept yeah. whatever and so we need to be careful of that and we need to remove the stigma away from being a critical minded and re-employ critical mindedness as a good thing because you know when somebody says oh you're being critical they usually say that as negative and they also use like you know like logic they think of you know Dr. Spock and that's not a good thing thanks sure. to my friend George Clayton Johnson that wrote the first episode of uh, <laughs> Star Trek right so um you know, we, we need to keep these things in mind when we're looking at this so that we don't fall down those traps. And the same thing has been done to the word trivium itself. It's been trivialized. And the word liberal of the seven liberal arts has sure. been taken and spun into to meaning uh, tax and spend communist or something like that. So all of these things <laughs> are terms that have been misused. And I think, you know, we just need to clarify them and be more specific sure. when we use To them. quote myself from, from the Free Your Mind conference, I stated that an open mind without critical thinking is a programmable mind. And if you're tired of being programmed, 
A, be an open-minded thinker, but with the skill, skill exactly. of critical thinking. They, you, have, you have to have both. You, the, one can't work without the other. So it is, in a sense, good to be open-minded, and it's a, an essential part of uh, taking that trip down the rabbit hole that so many of Mark's listeners have. You, you, allow you, the informa- have- you allow the information in and you pay attention to it, but with your filter and, you know, your trivium filter and your fallacy filter turned on. Right. Such that you can not necessarily prejudge it, but you can judge it as it is coming into your exactly. Your senses. There you right. go. Exactly. Right. All right. So we'll pick this up on the other side. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening with my special guests Jan Irvin and Bob Tuscan. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back after these words. Welcome back, folks. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My special guests today are Jan Irvin and Bob Tuscan. Gentlemen, what do you think uh, we take some calls? We have lots of callers waiting on the line. Let's go to the phones. What do you think? Sure. Okay, here we go. Caller from the 541 area code, you are on What on Earth is Happening. What do you have for us today? Um... Hi there. Hi, Jan. Welcome. Hello. Um, yeah, Hello. I just I'm so excited to be on to to just be able to talk with you. Anyway, what do I have? Okay, um, here's the thing, Jan. I, I I really want to stay focused with you on this because what and address what you said that I feel critically important here is you just said because with the trivium we can actually make this a truth movement. You so I want to focus indeed. on that very powerful statement. And, and it's very crucial. But what I notice is that the trivium is not being used, <laughs> not even on any show. Not, not, and and I, I don't want to point things. Listen, I love all of you. Please don't, um, you well, know, we, we I, I always get mis- There are about five or six shows out there now that are using it on a regular basis and teaching the audiences. So that's very important. We have to be we have to be so focused. Okay, when we say truth, right, on this show, when we say in the middle of the triangle you're putting truth, you have to um, define truth. You have so so let me define truth. Okay, truth no contradiction. Okay? Has no contradiction. Would you agree, Jan? I would agree with that. Would you agree? And okay. you've, you've, you've done your grammar, you've gotten all of the available information, you re, you've removed the contradictions, you're left yes. with A or B, what research either is left or a conclusion. Yes, and that's the truth and, in the and, center. And, now, and being, now, I have being, to disagree. And let me add, and also being mindful that you're still keeping your eye on the horizon for any new incoming infor- information, even though you've dealt with all of the information currently available. That's right. Now, Jan, Jan, listen to me. Now, let me show you how on this show right here in this time moment that we have right here, how the trivium has been very, to our detriment, not employed, okay? And how that is, is that... Um, uh, okay, so, so when you're talking about the open mind, having an open mind, and then Bob is saying, okay, let, let's just go to you, let's just go to this show wanting to screen calls before we came on to make sure Bob said, oh, there might be trolls out there, so you wanted to screen Ma'am, us. I, I'm not now, sure no, 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 I'm just, up, can I finish um, my sentence? By, by blocking information, you see, using the trivium, any information, my heart's completely open and with you guys, but any information that comes to 
you, you should be able to use to, with the trivium and show your audience that even at this caller, through using, you see, we keep abstractly saying the trivium, this, the trivium, that, but it's not used. We would, if it was just used on one show, we would gain so much more than all this theoretical. I mean, we can go up, we could write on our wall a list of fallacies. That would be great. We don't need to spend these times in the show. Of course, we need those fallacies, and they've been said many times, and they could be said many, many more times. But the, the, but if we all right, Mark, Paul, your call is breaking up. Um, yeah. you're, it sounds like she's underwater, or there's some a digital yeah, distortion happening yeah, on her line. Like, uh, an internet connection. She must have called from a, a magic jack. Paul, or are you still there? I uh, I her down. Has to be filtered, or you're not bringing knowledge in. Have you muted me? No. Have you muted no, me? No, you're you... we're breaking up. Caller, ma'am, you are um, you're breaking up and you're speaking line... way too loud. You need to tone it down a little bit so that we can. Oh, hear tone you. it down. Okay, sorry. Your line, um, has, your line has digital distortion. I'm not sure if it's a function of uh your the volume, but um, it, you were breaking up, so we didn't really hear what you said there over the last twenty seconds. Oh, uh, well, that's really a shame. It was crucially important, and uh, well, I think you know, it takes a lot of energy and, and time for me to sit through a show. I, you know, I, I, I right. think about well, this. Right? This is not unthought out. Sure, I think I think you bring up some good points. I think that uh, you know, the thing about screening calls was simply lo to look at and to see who had intelligent questions or thought-provoking questions so that we wouldn't waste a lot of time because there's only, you know, a certain amount of time in the show. So we just right. make sure that people weren't, you know, bringing up yeah. things that didn't have anything to do with the... Uh, but the you have to watch too, too much of that and, and you will sure. limit information. You will filter sure. out important stuff that we can learn from, even well, if it's... Man, if you jump to conclusions and... and the idea of screening calls is to filter out the noise and, and to allow yeah. the good calls through so that we're not wasting time. I know, but it's hard. Jan, Jan, you could make a mistake on that judgment call, you see. Well, if you let everything in and you deal, if you let everything in and then you deal it with the trivium, not only one we learn the trivium to deal with bullshit as it comes in, we get a practical example of you guys putting into practice. Yeah, well, you're you see, screaming right now, you need to you talk about. Oh, more let me hold the phone away. Screaming. I don't That's mean so. to scream. Let's, uh, I, let's I, 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 I'm, you know, I'm an advanced yogi. I have a very loud voice. Paul, I'm Paul, sorry. You, <laughs> your, your point, your points are good. Let's, uh, let's have Jan respond to that. Okay, here we go. Go ahead, Jan. I couldn't hear the points. All I could hear it was way too loud. So what was that? Oh, I'm so sorry, Jan. She, she was, she was making the point that um, even if some people are off point or uh, trying to act as a means of distraction, the trivium could well, then be applied to show. When we, when we show. get on the phone and we talk to these people, you know, that's their, their opportunity to tell us what they want to talk about. And if there's somebody who just wants to call up and say names or whatever, the idea is to filter those people out so that people with the message can get through and can be she heard. You must not listen to my show, Jan. So, uh, you know, that is that is the whole idea. But, yeah, you do need to be careful and not, you know, not cut people off before they said what they want to say it as well. You have to allow the person to get their message across. 
So, uh, but right. you know, that, was, that was, hold on and let me finish. And when we yeah. brought you on was in between the segments and not during a regular part of the show. So anyway. Oh, I don't know what that means, but, um, oh, we right. so, so it's very, and the reason why I, I think I talk loud and I rush is I realize there is limited time. It's sure. hard to, to address these things, but, but really the, the issue is, is that we would learn, I believe you would learn so much more by doing that little quick filtering you do on air. I mean, all the things that are bantered back and forth to take a two, few minutes to actually put the trivium into action with a caller. And you're saying that would be uh, irrelevant right now. Right, but you're screening off air that the other callers don't get that screen, and I'm just saying that's valuable too. That's all I'm trying to say. You know, right now during the conversation, it's it becomes a part of the automatic process. Yes, exactly, it does. How about I don't, I don't so let them on? So let the callers on is all I'm saying. Let the callers on, and let's see, you, you, let's see what's out there. Anyway, you know, you respond well, to that, talk. Bob. Let, let's hear from Bob on this. <laughs> I do a show Monday through Friday, as many of your listeners know, Mark. And occasionally we have a caller call up and just want to use the N-word and has nothing better to do. Uh, a, there's that to it. And, and also, B, uh, there's the, the need to know what they're talking about so that we can integrate it into a program. This is a talk show, ma'am, where the host uses their discretion to cover the things that they find the most interesting or the most relevant to them and their audience. It's a learning process. And if you want to have that learning process mediated, fine. If you don't want that learning process mediated by the host, go and be an autodidact, as I'm sure you already are, and learn for yourself. As of right now, I think you've uh, digressed this conversation to a point where I think it would be appropriate for us to move on. And uh, if you have any final comments, perhaps if Mark wants to let you make them, now would be a good time. Well, I think she brought up her points and we responded to them, so I think uh, we'll move on to uh, some other callers because we have a list of them waiting in queue. So let's take some other calls on the other side of this break. We'll get to that in a few moments. For now, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening with my special guests, Jan Irvin and Bob Tuscan. Stick around. More of your calls coming up on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere, folks. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening. Today on the show, two special guests, Jan Irvin and Bob Tuscan. We are discussing the trivium, and we're going to take more of your calls right now. Here we go. Richard in Washington State, who last week uh, brought up a great point about uh, some of the founding documents of this country and uh, challenged me to take a look at some of that information, which I did over this week. And I listened to that TruthQuest show that he referred to uh, with James Madison. Uh, Richard, uh, what do you have for us here today? Yeah, Jan is always a gust, a, a breeze, a strong breeze of fresh fresh air. Uh, I truly appreciate it. My, my Thank uh, you. philosophy. My philosophy of life says you gather information, you retain knowledge, you discern and promote truth, but those are minor things to the final uh, thing is you have to display wisdom. 
And so when I called in to both Mark uh, uh, and Bob's show, that was to promote truth or dis- discern truth, and I was hoping there would be a display of wisdom. Uh, Mark just said that he did uh, my, uh, accept my challenge. So uh, along with you, Jan, I would hope you would talk to Bob, because my belief uh, in all the study, the truth is we are carnivores. We are hunter-gatherers. We were at our prime when we were hunter-gatherers. Uh, there's a book called Primitive Mind, Primitive Body that really gets into it by Nora. Right, and, and I also recommend people get into uh, the Weston A. Price Foundation stuff. Uh, Sally Fallon's work, uh, her book Nourishing Traditions, her documentary The Oiling of America, as well as uh, Dr. Peter Glidden's book uh, The MD Emperor Has No Clothes, and Dr. Wallach, who's of longevity, and I am not a longevity member, although I am very seriously considering uh, uh, joining up with them after having done a lot of grammar on what they do over there. They're doing a lot of good work, and I, I hope that uh, Bob and uh, Mark will also consider having those guys on their show as guests because yeah. when, you, when you look at that research and what these guys are doing, it's phenomenal. Well, I'm very much interested in the health topics, and after Richard mentioned to me Nora Gedgadis and her work, I listened to a few interviews and read a few of her articles, and uh, I decided to have her on about the primitive diet. She calls it beyond the Paleolithic diet, rather, and uh, that will be Friday's show for the first hour. So, Richard, I'm looking forward to that. Thanks for that recommendation. Yeah, and I'm going to be having uh, uh, Dr. William Davis on from Wheat Belly coming up in the next week or two. I'm going to be having Denise Manger from Raw Food SOS on my show. She's the one who debunked that uh, propaganda film, uh, uh, Forks Over Knives, and the, and the uh, China Study book put out by Dr. Campbell, which has uh, got a lot of false information in it. And so uh, she'll be coming on my show soon. We'll also be having uh, Dr. Hi. Greg Brzezinski and Dr. Stanislaw Brzezinski on my show in the coming weeks uh, from uh, the Brzezinski Clinic uh, regarding uh, their their cure for cancer, cancer yeah. and uh, you know all of these uh, efforts to suppress and steal their work and get them put in jail, which have failed for the last uh, 20 to 30 years. Very cool. Richard, do you have anything else? Yeah, just, just a final comment. Uh, I believe that we should be 70% carnivores and, and 30% gatherers, and that's primarily so we can survive occasional famines. But the main point is we need to eat our proteins and fats raw and you were talking that between the, in the break basically that's that's the uh, lack of truth we need to eat all food below our body temperature that's the way it was designed that's the way it's supposed to be taken in any well, I think I, I do think that uh, Dr. Glidden and Dr. Wallach have shown substantial evidence that there is a need for wood ash in our food which would come from cooking and that's where we would get a lot of the minerals from you're right though in regards to meat should be cooked you know you should eat raw or or medium, uh, you know, uh, uh, medium, medium well meat, and uh, it shouldn't be cooked more than that. And there's been an intentional effort to get people to start using vegetables and get them to stop using lard and bacon fat, you know, bacon grease and butter and things like this when these are proven historically to be safe. And people have been given a lot of uh, fear regarding uh, saturated fats and cholesterol when your brain is 77% cholesterol. And the, the pharmaceutical companies are out there promoting these statin drugs that lower your cholesterol on these low-fat, low-cholesterol diets. Well, if your brain is made out of cholesterol... What happens if you're on a low cholesterol diet and your doctor's telling you that you need statin drugs like Lipitor? It, it just 
seems like a disaster waiting to happen if it's not already in full swing happening right now. And in fact, the uh, the uh, new generation being raised right now is said to it's going to be the the shortest lived generation ever. My suggestion would be to watch a, a carnivore, a, a tiger, whoever hunt. What they do is they take down the animal and they cut out the insides. They don't eat the muscle meat. They eat the insides, which has the stomach and has all the wood ash products from the, the digested vegetation. Uh, if you actually study the truth, the trivium of the whole process, we would have to be eating entirely different, and we couldn't support a population uh, that, that is basically a tenth of what we have. And that's really what the powers that be are after. They want to protect themselves. They're doing nothing more than protecting their territory, and we're useless eaters because we're eating out the agricultural uh, production of their well, they Well, you know, and they, it's, it's, their, it's their fault, though. See, you know, it's like that quote up on my website here. Um, let me pull this up real quick. If, uh, if, hold on. Of course, right when you want it, it takes a second. For a few, the rulers suffer your people to be ill-educated and their, and their manners to be corrupted from their infancy and then punish them for those crimes to which their first education disposed them. Then what can be concluded from this but that you first make thieves and outlaws and then punish them? And that's from Sir Thomas More's book, Utopia, from the... Uh, uh, 14th, 15th, 16th centuries. So, I mean, you know, first they're they're creating people, they're dumbing the people down, and then they blame them for taking the actions that they do when it's the elites that are causing the problems from the top down. They're the ones that brought in the, the Prussian education system. They're the ones that sell us these bad products, these religions that tell people to, to keep breeding like Mormonism and Catholicism and things like that and to do things that are unsustainable. You know, if More you look fluoride at in the water, Jan. If More you look fluoride. at, uh, well, and, and that's part of the problem. It's part of the dumbing down process that I'm addressing rather than educating people so that they can think clearly and teach their children to think clearly and know what they all need. But, you know, right now, it's, it's these factory farms that are poisoning the food and doing all of these things. And these are things that the elites have created. And it's nothing that, you know, us and your local farmer and your local rancher and those types of people are doing. And so when you, you know, when we, you know, here in California, 10 minutes from here is the 395 highway. And it goes all the way through the middle of California. It's hundreds of miles of pristine ranch land that's mostly vacant and hardly you can hardly buy any of the meat in the country that's raised on that land anywhere out here so i don't even think think for sure that it's that it's a problem of of uh the the amount of people that we have in the world as we showed in our documentary film uh, uh what you've been missing episode 1 the noble lie what they're doing is they are creating the the uh discrepancy between feed to population through their own wars and their own stockholding and withholding money to drive the price of food and stuff up. So it's them again that's causing that problem. And I don't think, you know, if we, if, if we took them out of the scenario, I think that there is plenty of food, if, even if we were eating 70% meat, and I think it's probably more 60% that would be the right number. But we're, we would still have plenty of food to feed everyone on the planet if you got them out of the scenario. You take the 1% out of the scenario, and suddenly the rest of the 99% can take care of themselves just fine. As You're long one of those Occupy Wall Street guys, John? 
Oh, no, I think the Occupy <laughs> Wall Street is completely misdirected because they're not paying attention to Clint Richardson's work, which is all of the, the CAFR material, the Comprehensive Annual Financial Reports, and all of those people need to be out studying everything on thecorporationnation.com, all of Clint's videos yeah. there, and getting a firm understanding of how the CAFR material is being manipulated because... If everybody understood that information, they wouldn't be protesting Wall Street. They would be protesting City Hall. Excellent points. I can't uh, acknowledge that enough. That, that's exactly right on. My last comment would be for Mark. That's what the Founding Fathers gave us. They made us all sovereigns, individually responsible. They gave us a form of non-government that was the, the uh, Constitutional Republic, which was supposed to keep government away from the sovereigns. And that's been perverted. And in, if we as individuals, as sovereigns, we can restore what they gave us rather than keep playing the games that the international bankers, the 1%, have given us. We are back on track, and, and possibly Jan's uh, perspective of how many people we can sustain is, is true. A great show. Uh, keep up the good work. I'll be well, listening let me, always. Let me, Richard, let thanks me, so let me, much. Let, yes. let me just say to that real quick before you go, Richard, there, that, uh, you know... Forget what these people give you. Forget about that. You know, we're not after what they give us. We have a God-given right to autonomy. And we need to stop voting for these people and allowing them to, you know, when we vote for these idiots, we're consenting to whatever crap they do to us. So that needs to stop. We need to stop giving them our autonomy in the first place and stop asking permission for our rights and take them. That's, that's it. I would recommend that you study uh, Melody's program also because that's exactly what I said. Yep. The, the Founding Fathers gave us natural law. They, they you know the, the Constitution like the back of your hand. Welcome back, folks. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. On the show with me today is Jan Irvin of GnosticMedia.com and TriviumEducation.com, along with Bob Tuscan, one of the hosts here on Oracle Broadcasting. Check out his website at BobTuscan.com and check out his radio show every weeknight at 8 to 10 p.m. East Coast time here on Oracle Broadcasting. You know why Mark knows that, everyone? Because he comes on the show all the time and is one of my favorite guests. So there you go. I appreciate that, Bob. So let's go back to the callers. Uh, we still have a couple of callers on the line. Here we go. Caller from the 212 area code. You're live on what on earth is happening. Caller, That's a Skype you? caller. Go ahead. Skype caller. Hello? Yes, you're on. Can you hear me? Yes. You sure can. Oh, great. Sorry, I didn't recognize the area code. I'm on Skype. <laughs> no problem. Um, I have... I have a new, a lot of questions, but uh, before I begin, uh, I just wanted to say uh, thank you to all of you for doing what you're doing, and uh, and don't worry about the first caller because uh, true reason um, requires you to bypass emotion and get to true reason. Exactly. And uh, the caller obviously wasn't using reason when trying to get information out of you guys by yelling at you. So well, that's one of the things I wanted to talk about, and, and I wish we had more time to. I don't mean to interrupt the caller, but. At some point, we have to understand emotional intelligence, along with uh, this, Absolutely. you know, intellectual intelligence is understanding emotional intelligence. Good point, caller. Absolutely, and you have to 
emotion is important, but you have to bypass that and figure out when it is correct it is correct to use it. And this is not the time or place to use it, and especially when you guys are giving up your free time to give so, her information. So what is your question? But, um, I have a lot of them. Um, the first one I had to do was with uh, Mark um, regarding the uh, feminine and masculine pr principle. Um, sure. I'm writing a paper right now. It has a lot to do with uh, ancient alchemy. And uh, your presentations have helped me so much. It's, it's unbelievable because you know more about it than they do. <laughs> well, I appreciate but, um, that. Yeah, man, you are really unbelievable. You really all are. And uh, could you, um, I was wondering if maybe it might be possible for you to email me some of those pictures you did about the right and left uh, brain hemisphere. We can talk about that later. I don't want to waste much time on that. Sure. But I'm send, doing a presentation. Send me an email. Soon. Remind me that you called and, uh, and we, we can talk about that. Paul, are you still there? Sounds like he dropped too. Call oh, well. Uh, let's see. Hold on. Let's try to bring him back up. Caller, are you still there? It looks oh, like the connection dropped, unfortunately. Caller, if you're listening, email me and we could talk about that. And if you can get back in, I'll bring you back up to pose your question to Jan and Bob. Let's uh, take another call. Here we go. Caller from the 602. Uh, no, that's the wrong one. Hold on. Caller from the 603 area code. You're live on what on earth is happening. Welcome. Yes. Uh, can you hear me? Thank you. Yes. I had a question about the trivium and quadrivium as applied to spiritual truth because the spiritual truth and path is what I see. In particular, I was listening to uh, Mark show last week and he was talking about the quadrivium. And I happened to think in a moment of inspiration about the four Gospels and wondered how the quadrivium being the four paths or four ways to truth would apply to the four Gospels. Well, I would say it's probably directly related. I wouldn't be surprised if it, if it wasn't. In fact, the, the trivium, the quadrivium, and the Kabbalah are found throughout the uh, the biblical teachings and the like. So, it, it, you know, would you well, that, agree with that, that's Mark? That's a very interesting take, and I, I would say absolutely it does. Uh, I I likened the quadrivium uh, last week to the four elements of earth, air, water, and fire, of course. Right, which is exactly, if you look up, uh, even on the Catholic uh, website for the uh, St. Mark's Basilica, they have right there that uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are, yes. are the four elements that's and, right. you know, the four directions and everything. So that would be a perfect tie-in right exactly. there. Exactly. So that's a great uh, correspondence that you've made there, caller, one which I really didn't make uh, last week, but uh, I, I see that that uh, is a definite correspondence that is in place. Well, thank you very much. Um, I'd like to continue this um, discussion. Sure. Can I email you any questions I have? Absolutely. If you have any okay, other questions, pose them now because we're going to uh, wrap this up and uh, I'm going to ask uh, propose a, a final question to our two guests. So do you have anything else for us? Um, I do, but it goes much deeper than time permits. Okay, no problem. Well, thanks for the call. Well, thank you. All right, great. So uh, I have uh, kind of one question that I'm going to ask to both of you and then you guys could take it respectively. Um, the current trends that we're looking at, current trends and current events that are taking place right now, look like we as a people are heading into very dangerous waters. I'm sure uh, you know both of you gentlemen are very aware of the passing of this new defense authorization bill. A lot of talk about that going on all circles on the internet right now and the sure. implications that it has for human freedom. Um, 
I want both of your take on what the implications are and what you think uh, about how necessary the rediscovery and application of the trivium is to reverse such a course that we are on <laughs> now. As well, I, I think it's the uh, the only thing that's going to wake people up to uh, reverse this is the trivium. And in fact, uh, on July Fourth weekend, there was a Canadian article that came out about the trivium stating that the American Revolution and Declaration of Independence were a direct result of our use of the trivium. And uh, so therefore, to me, uh, having with most of the population having lost the trivium and us having to get it back out there right now, it seems exactly parallel with the fact that this is the fight that we're in right now, having to deal with the loss of the trivium and therefore the loss of our freedoms at the same time. Because yes. what is the seven liberal arts but you know, the seven liberal arts as opposed to the servile arts are what the free men learn. That's right. It, the, the trivium and the quadrivium make up the seven liberal, which comes from Latin libro, which is book, but it also means of or befitting the free. That's right. And so if, you're, if, you, if, if you don't have the seven liberal arts, if you weren't taught it, then you are not free. Let me make that clear a yeah. second time. If you do not have the seven liberal arts and you are not taught it, if you have not undertaken that study, you are not free. You are a slave. And so, in fact, I've been working on a whole other project uh, to, to emphasize this called Slaves Anonymous, and I'm going to be launching another website called SlavesAnonymous.com. Hi, my name is Bob Tuscan, and I'm not a slave. Exactly, and I'm not a slave. No, and I am a slave. Getting people to take that no. first step in recognizing well, that they have a problem, so that we can move forward from this through the trivium. That, that is the first step. That's an important step. And and my response uh, to your question, Mark, sure. is uh, it goes back to natural law, something we've talked about many times. Okay, and everyone's talking about this bill, as you mentioned. There's a lot of hype, and sure, it's a, a gross violation of our rights. It, it's even more proof of this draconian state in which we live in. But the fact of the matter is we know that for a long time now people have been going beyond natural law, okay? And the second you go beyond natural law and you introduce government, which uh, you've broken down and shown how it literally means mind control, you have a problem, okay? And if we're going to let the tiny dot as Larkin Rose, uh, I guess uh, that you both have had on and, and we spoke with us at the Free Your Mind conference says, uh, and allow them to use this, uh, you know, imaginary system, if you will, in a sense, okay, to go beyond our natural law and get into our lives with this uh, large nanny state, police state, then we're going to have a problem. So I think we have to go back to basics and in our own lives stick to natural law and uh, have your, your family prepared. I, I always go back to that. No matter what the question is, Mark, I always go back to, to the uh, need for preparedness and for growing a garden and, and getting yourself off of the dependency as much as possible so that you're not dependent on them uh, dictating what you do and don't do so that you're able to be free unto itself and not have to worry about the powers that shouldn't be. Bob, fantastic points. Gentlemen, uh, your final thoughts and uh, give your websites once again, please. 
Well, Mark, um, thank you for having me on your show. And uh, I, you know, I'll, all I can tell people is that the path to your freedom is to study the trivium. Take the time. No shortcuts. Don't ask for one book to read. Read them all. Get in. Go go to triviumeducation.com and go through everything up there. And I've also got a trivium study page on the gnosticmedia.com website as well. And uh, get up there, study everything, learn all that you can about it, and get your get your feet in there. And uh, you you're you're really giving yourself a treat. Uh, my final comments, Mark: Learn how to learn, and then do it. It's time to take action, folks. Bob Tuskin, TUSKIN.com. Thank you very much, Mark. Gentlemen, thanks so much. Ladies and gentlemen, Jan Irvin and Bob Tuscan. That's all the time we have for this edition of What on Earth is Happening. I'll see you here next week on Oracle Broadcasting. Stick around. Chris Everard is up next. Take care, Mark. <laughs>